looks like a nice clean little band. Oh no, excuse me. Price is right. I like the idea that a voice can just go somewhere. Uninvited. Dirty thought, a nice clean mind. Guess who? It's me again. It's five o'clock. You care what the mainstream media says? What's up, fam? Happy Friday. Are you out there? Are you listening? Coming to you live from central Wisconsin. What's good, fam? Happy Friday. You're looking live at the foxhole.app. That's right, the foxhole.app. Do me a favor, tell a friend, tell a family member about the foxhole.app. It is a great platform that it has a lot of great patriots and a lot of good and a good family crowd working their way in over there in the foxhole.app. Look at all the great creators that are live right now. Uh, 412 and on based Amy, Sloan TV, Johnny Dangerously, Night Nation Revolution, WRH Radio, Patriot News. Uh, Patriot Soapbox, you, you can you can find your show, find your preference over there on the Foxhole.app, and we appreciate those guys very much. The reason why it's such an awesome platform is because, like, unlike any other platform, number one, they don't censor you, and then number two, the, if you help the streamers financially, it, the vast majority of that money goes directly to the streamer, and that's why it's such an awesome platform. So we appreciate everyone over there at the Foxhole.app for all the hard work they do, and for uh, creating a platform that helps support uh, censored patriots like my, like me. So there you go. Thanks for being here today, guys. It's good to see you guys all working your way over there. Everything Uncensored Abe is uncensoredabe.com. Check it out when you get time. Uncensoredabe.com. You can find the podcast, Podbean, iHeart, Apple, Google, Spotify. And I've also launched some alternative uh, platforms. Um, Listen.fm, I think is what it's called, and several other kind of uh, lesser known uh, ones. So we're 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 spreading it out even farther. But the the vast majority of you guys watch it from the web, or watch or listen from the website and from directly from Podbeam and Spotify. So thank you for your support, and I appreciate you guys at the podcast very much. And thank you for always checking in with the Uncensored family. If you want to watch the show, you can watch it directly from the website. Just click the watch button right there. If you want to learn about merchandise and stuff like that that I have for sale, check it out. It's going to be updating this and then near future here you can click on there click on the store and it brings you to an external website from underground t-shirts.com and it has all of the i want my news on censures t-shirts and hats so check that out when you guys get time if you want to check out some cool merchandise and i'll be changing that up here in the print in the near future here i'll be working on that this weekend actually uh and scroll down a little bit more you can find out where to find the live stream every day five eastern four central foxhole d live twitch Rumble, CloudHub, and Tiger Network. We appreciate those platforms, except for DLive, who demonetized us again. So screw them. Take all your money out of DLive and put it in the Foxhole or, or Rumble or something like that. So I appreciate you guys very much. Uh, the previous two show contests always up there, as well as previous. I'll probably change those up this weekend. Get some. I'm going to be doing some work on the on the show this weekend. So during the week, man, it's a grind. I just don't have a lot of extra time. I could make time, but you, know, you got to make time for for the wife too. So if you want to help me keep the lights on, you can do that through your favorite platform, Twitch, Rumble, uh, Tiger Network. 
Actually, uh, not Tiger Network, Twitch, Rumble, and a Foxhole are the best ways you can do that. If you want to help me keep the lights on directly, cash out PayPal and Patreon are how you can do that. We appreciate all the Patreons. It will help pay the monthly bills and the, the bills such as Restream, $100 a month, and Rumble, $15 a month, and Zoom, $100, $150 a year, and this and that. The rest, it all adds up, man. But we appreciate your guys' support very much. If another way you can support, uh, the channel is through mypillow.com backslash Abe. Check it out when you guys get time. You can call 1-800-653-7856 and use discount code Abe. That's 653-7856. Uh, mypillow.com backslash Abe is the easiest way you can do it. But right now they're having a blowout sale on uh, on slippers. So if you're looking for some pretty cool indoor outdoor style slippers, you know, garage style, um, you know, putting around the house style, stuff like that. They're perfect. And they're and they're more than half off right now. So it's a blowout sale right now on slippers. Uh, normally 140 bucks. You can get them for 50 bucks with the promo code Abe and you get a free book. And if you order more stuff, you get even more discounts like on sheets, pillows, uh, towel sets, Everybody needs towels. <laughs> Check it out when you guys get time. MyPillow.com backslash Abe. We appreciate all your guys' support. Uh, it's you guys. Your guys' orders are going to make a difference in what I can do and what I can bring to you guys from the channel. So thank you very much for your support through MyPillow.com and any other way possible as well. Thanks, guys. I appreciate it. Fox, uh, Facebook, True Social, and Gab links are at the very bottom, as well as my email address, all my links, and the P.O. Box if you want to send me something. I'll check the P.O. Box this weekend as well. Thanks for being here today, guys. I see you guys all working your way in here on Friday. Today is Patriot Roundtable Friday. Your guys' call-ins. We're going to cover uh, Durham stuff, and then we'll open up the phone lines for you guys. Anybody who wants to call in, tell me I got something wrong or highlight something that's more important that we should, you think we should be talking about, that's what it's for. So you guys can call in any day or any Friday and come hang out with us. That's what it's for. Texas Bears in the house first in the in the, in the the shed. Good to see you out there, my friend. I hope all is well on your end. Uh Willie Fix It Politius, thank you for dropping all the links out there. Alicia, Deplora Laura's in the house over there as well. Denise, I hope all is well across the pond. God bless you. I hope the tea is well today. Tennessee Tim in the house, thanks for your support, brother. I appreciate you, man. Uh, Denise says, can't wait for your take on Mook and Elon saying he's out for blood. Yeah, I don't, I'm not, I mean, Elon can, has enough of his own attention. I don't really need to bring that stuff up, but we're definitely talking about Robbie Mook today. No doubt about that. Knock my socks off. Is out there hanging out. Willie Fix It, no space. I got it. Who is Mook? <laughs> Robbie Mook. Uh, he's not. He hasn't made any appearances on CNN lately. I've noticed that. <laughs> oh man, Glenn, I'm messing the house. Good to see you. Five screens open is enough. <laughs> no, it's not. Uh, <laughs> I'm thinking about adding another one. <laughs> EO in the house. Thank you for the phone. God bless you. I appreciate that. Knock my socks off. Uh, saying hello to Glenn and just kind of welcome the family in. Good to see you guys out there today over on the Fox with our app. Sea uh, Dragon, speaking of blowout, wonder what's worse. Kamala Harris blowing his. Sea <laughs> uh, Dragon, I hope all is well, man. You're always, your comments are always welcome, my friend. <laughs> Tiger Network has all the lurkers out there. Other lurkers are out there hanging out as well because they're driving or doing something like just Mojo. Good to see you guys out there today. Much love over there on Rumble. Chris, uh, Glenn, and others slowly working their way over there. Do me a favor. I see you guys over there. Come say hello and hit that plus button on Rumble. And if you're new to the channel, hit the subscribe button. Every day we go over the important news of the day and we cover it uncensored. That's what we call it, uncensored day. Thanks for being here today, guys. Over there on Twitch, thanks for being here today, guys. Uh, 
Lots going on on this Friday afternoon. Usually you guys are out running around or there's there's something else going on, so I understand. But, hey, the t- today is for you guys. Dr. J. Blazer's in the house. Truth is a light. Comfortably numb. God bless you. Hope all is well. Chris, thanks again for everything you do. God bless you. Who Cares News hanging out over there as well. Deplore Laura. You're in multiple locations at once. I love it. God, yeah, I love to see that. <laughs> J.C. Bird again. Thank you for the, for the support yesterday. I appreciate that. And Glenn dropping 145 gold pills on me again. Brother, you don't have to do that, and I appreciate that you do. Thank you, brother. I appreciate that. So thanks for being here today, guys. Um, and I appreciate all your guys' support. Uh, since it looks like it's kind of a late crowd working their way in here, except for Dr. Jay Blazer, who's in the house already. Good to see you, man. Uh, comfortably numb. <laughs> what in the world? Where did you get that from? <laughs> is that like a, what is that? I have no idea. What it is. is that a rat or something? <laughs> so anyways, guys, um, I got, uh, I got, like four articles and the first probably half hour of the show is going to be definitely talking about uh, the Durham stuff today. We're going to go through it just like we've been every day and we're going to continue to do this probably every day all summer long. The first half of the show is going to be dedicated to covering this and then the second half we'll get into more stuff. So that's how we're going to do it. Dwayne Case, gotcha. It's a cat from Dwayne. Gotcha. (laughs) Nana, hello from Idaho. I hope all is well. Over there in, in Idaho, after I eat you up on a question, after I eat, are you up for a constitutional question? I would, I'm always up for a constitutional discussion. And with that, why don't I just hop straight to it and let's talk about what's going on out there. There's a couple articles that I want to read just because, you know, it's definitely worth reading these and keeping as much of this in the news and getting different perspectives on this. Hans Mackey and Stephen McIntyre have done a great job over the past 10, five years, I guess. Boom, get out of here. That ball's gone. Nine six uh, Arizona. Oh, that was Arizona hit. Never mind. <laughs> Friggin' Arizona. Um, but uh, Hans Mackey and Stephen McIntyre have done a great job over the past four or five years at covering the important stuff with regards to this this crime of the century. This is a ten minute read, and I think Just Human covered this earlier. This is where I got that link from, but I'm going to read it because I want to read it for myself. We got to cover uh, uh, some some of the uh, Cash Patel was out live yesterday. I want to I want to play that video for you guys, um, and then also uh, Devin Nunez was out. I think that's what that video is. I have uh, Techno Fog's new piece up. Um, he's going to be heading to a wedding, so he's he's kind of taking as much time as he can to cover this stuff and get it out there for us. But uh, he's been doing a great job, so I want to cover that. And then uh, Jerry Dunleavy has a summary of today's stuff as well as John Hawley. Hawley. So we're going to go through both of those as well. And then I have about just like six or seven other articles that I think that are interesting that you guys want to see for the second half. But we'll open up the phone lines at that point, and we'll see what's going on. And welcome you guys into uh, to the show and tell me what's on your mind. Tell me what I got wrong. Tell me why I'm an idiot. I don't care. If you want to argue, let's do it. That's what today's for, the opening up the opening up the discussion, opening up the debate, and uh, talking about stuff that maybe I disagree with or you disagree with, and we can, we can uh, hash it out a little bit. Get back to the debate that we used to have. That's what I want to do. So that's what I'd like to try to do. Anyways, okay, uh, let me uh, fix my screen here at uh, normal size stuff, and then let me get uh, these articles up here, and I want to read these. I think uh, Just Human covered this this morning, so if you guys have already seen this, this takes 10 minutes to read, but Hens Mackey and Stephen McIntyre have an, have an important take on this that I think is worth spending some time on. So without further ado, let's hop straight to it, shall we? Oops, wrong one. 
There we go. Handwritten notes from 2017 show FBI agents misled the DOJ on the Trump-Russia investigation. Again, by Hans Mackey and Stephen McIntyre. Uh, this was written yesterday. Crucially, public release of notes came after five-year statute of limitation had lapsed in March of this year. And this, when was this written? Yeah, this was written yesterday. Okay. Hillary Clinton's uh, campaign lawyer, Michael Sussman, is currently on trial for lying to the FBI about his role in pushing data pertaining to alleged communications between Trump and Russia Alpha Bank hack or Russian Alpha Bank. According to the special counsel, John Durham, Sussman lied when he bought the, brought that data to the FBI's general counsel, James Baker, as part of the Clinton campaign's efforts to trigger an FBI investigation of her opponent, Donald Trump. Specifically, Sussman allegedly wrote Baker a text message claiming he was not representing anyone and providing information when, in fact, he was representing the Clinton campaign. In a surprising move, Sussman's defense team last week disclosed three sets of handwritten Department of Justice notes of a March 6th, 2017 meeting between high-ranking DOJ and FBI officials. Durham gave the notes written by DOJ officials uh, to Sheena Gahar, Mary McCord, and, St- and Scott Schools uh, to Sussman's team as part of Durham's discovery obligations. While the notes contain one-line hearsay suggestion that many cast doubt on Sussman's earlier claim that he was not representing anyone, their broader significance lies in what they reveal about the FBI's strategy in the months leading up to the appointment of Special Counsel Robert Mueller in 2017. In fact, the notes are the very first documents that have been released to the public that show what the FBI was telling the DOJ about the prediction Sorry, I couldn't tell if that was predication or, yeah, I think it's predication. Anyways, it's Friday. Leave me alone. In the status of FBI's crossfire hurricane investigation, only two weeks before FBI James Comey shock announcement to the House Intelligence Committee on March 20th, 2017, that the Trump campaign was being investigated by the FBI for ties to the Kremlin. It was Comey's announcement that ultimately led to the appointment of Mueller. Who else coordinated to appoint Mueller Rosenstein? The DOJ had a legal responsibility to supervise the FBI's crossfire hurricane investigation, which, as a sensitive matter, placed special oversight and due diligence obligations on the DOJ and additional reporting and due diligence obligations to the FBI. The March 6th meeting was a key milestone in those due diligence obligations. The FBI was represented at the meeting by three of its top officials, Andy McCabe, Bill Priestep, and Peter Strzok, go figure. The DOJ was was also represented by top-level officials, led by Acting Attorney General Dana Buente, who was taking the place of Attorney General Jeff Sessions, who had recused himself only four days previously. The notes reveal a pattern of repeated lies and omissions by the FBI leadership to DOJ officials that concealed the dramatic deterioration of the predicate of the Crossfire Hurricane investigation. As the predication deteriorated, so too was the purported justification for Comey's public reveal of the Crossfire Hurricane investigation. Yeah, but Comey is secretly a white hat. Ugh. The significance of the FBI lies was accentuated this week at Sussman's trial when Scott Hellman, an FBI cyber analyst, testified that he knew right away in September of 2016 that Sussman's data did not suggest any covert communications between Trump and Russia. Hellman added that he wondered if the person who put the data together was suffering from a mental disability. Yes, they are. Hellman's testimony is the clearest evidence yet that the FBI knew from the start that one of the two major components of the Trump-Russia collusion narrative, the Alpha Bank data, was false. As of the March 6th note show, they concealed this fact 
from their DOJ superiors. The other major component of the investigation was the Steele dossier. The FBI knew from a January 2017 interview of Igor Danchenko, Christopher Steele's primary subsource, through whom all of the allegations in the Steele dossier were originated or channels, that the dossier, too, was false. Danchenko's most shocking revelation to the FBI was that he had never met Sergey Millian, the attributed source for the Steele's dossier's most inflammatory claims, including the allegation that there was a well-developed conspiracy of cooperation between Trump and the Kremlin, that Russia passed hacked DNC emails to WikiLeaks, as well as the infamous Moscow P-tape story. Danchenko, although a Russian national, was not Russian-based, as the FBI was claiming, but had lived and worked in Washington, D.C. for more than a decade, including, of course, at the Brookings Institute. Fiona Hill, whack job extraordinaire of Brookings Institute's stalwart, was a key supporter of Danchenko's and even introduced him to Steele in 2011. In 2016, Hill introduced Danchenko to former Hillary Clinton aide Charles Dolan. Danchenko would later use Dolan as a source for a number of his dossier claims. Beyond that fact, that Million could not have been a source for the dossier. The FBI also learned from Danchenko that the dossier stories were based on bar talk and innuendo. Danchenko has since been charged by Durham with lying to the FBI about his sources. The FBI appears to have concealed the, these matters from the DOJ. In fact, it does not appear from the March from the March 6th notes that the FBI ever mentioned Danchenko. Despite Danchenko's disavowal of the dossier as, as of March 6th, it remained as the main component of the overall crossfire hurricane investigation, including being the basis of two Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Act warrants against the Trump campaign aide, Carter Page, who signed those. March 6th notes also reveal that the FBI leadership told DOJ officials that the Page FISA application had been fruitful even though it had turned up nothing of significance. Page was never charged with or even accused of any offense and is now suing the DOJ for damages. FBI leadership also pushed the narrative on their own DOJ counterparts that the dossier was crown reporting, implying that the dossier was an official United Kingdom intelligence product when it was actually made up stories and gossip and paid for by the Clinton campaign, a fact the FBI knew from their Danchenko interview, as well as the media knew. The notes cite Crown reporting in connection with collusion allegations on at least two occasions. In Strzok's exposition of the status of Page's case, the notes indicate that Strzok referred to the Crown source reporting as a key element in the Page FISA warrant. This was already known from unredacted portions of the FISA applications that were publicly disclosed in 2020. However, what was not known was that the FBI also lied internally about these facts to their DOJ supervisors. Similarly, March 6 notes, 6 notes indicate, in connection with the status of the Manafort case, Strzok had reported that, based on Crown reporting, the FBI had looked at the Republican convention and allegations that the Trump campaign had caused the convention to soften the stance on Crimea and NATO in exchange for Russian energy stocks. In fact, there was no reference to allegations about Crimea or NATO in Steele's dossier. Strzok attributed the false accusations to Crown reporting, presumably the lend weight to them with his DOJ superiors. 
With respect to Russian energy stocks, the dossier includes a false reference to Page receiving a brokerage fee for the sale of the Russian energy company, but this allegation is not related to the convention, but to the lifting of sanctions. Again, Strzok falsely portrayed this as having something to do with the Republican Party convention. Additionally, the notes show that the lead agent Strzok also lied to DOJ officials about the opening of the Crossfire Hurricane investigation. Strzok claimed the investigation was triggered by Trump when he jokingly asked Russia to publish Clinton's emails. It was Trump's joke which, according to Strzok, caused the Australian diplomat to provide his tip about Trump aide George Papadopoulos to the U.S. Embassy in London. Uh Uh-huh. There's your international Five Eyes connections. This is why this article is so important. In truth, the diplomat provided his tip before Trump made the joke. Another fact that the FBI concealed in its respect of the opening of the crossfire hurricane was that their theory that Papadopoulos had advanced knowledge of the DNC hack was logically impossible. When Papadopoulos met with the Australian diplomat on May 10th, 2016, most of the hacked DNC emails hadn't even been written yet. Ironically, in analyzing why the FBI's leadership felt compelled to brazenly lie to their DOJ counterparts, it appears that their hand was forced by Trump himself. Just two days before the FBI DOJ meeting on March 4th, 2017, Trump tweeted he had found out that President Obama had wiretapped Trump at Trump Tower. Trump's tweet was in an apparent reference to the radio host Mark Levin, who reported on his show on March 2nd that Trump campaign aides had been the subject of FISA warrants. In a number of instances, the March 6th meeting notes reflect the FBI's leadership befuddlement. By the way, it's not has nothing to do with Mark Levin. It has to do with Admiral Rogers visiting Trump Tower. Anyways, in a number of instances, the March 6th meeting notes reflect that the FBI's leadership befuddlement as, as to how much Trump knew about the FBI's investigation of him. McCabe is cited repeatedly as having said that the FBI was investigating what was behind Trump's tweet. In reality, Trump's tweet probably just restated what Levin had already said. But the fact that the FBI did not know how much Trump knew meant the FBI leadership had a choice to make. They could either downplay the investigation with the view of to wiretapping to wrapping it up, or they could double down even though they had not found any incriminating evidence. They chose to double down. With Comey going on the offense on the immediate aftermath of the March 6th meeting, aside from giving narrative-shaping briefings to congressional leaders, Comey publicly disposed the existence of the Trump-Russia investigation, ensuring a media frenzy. That frenzy ultimately led to the appointment of Mueller on May 17th, 2017. While we have become accustomed to the false statements charges being filed against Trump's associates, such as Roger Stone, Papadopoulos, and General Flynn, those same charges are applicable to false statements or concealment of material facts by FBI officials to DOJ officials in the conduct of their supervision of FBI investigations. It is perplexing that no one within the FBI has been held accountable for the many lies they told the March 6th meeting. This fact is all more perplexing as it was Durham who originally turned over the March 6th notes to Sussman's defense team. Former Attorney General William Barr had earlier turned down the opportunity to charge McCabe with lying during the internal FBI investigation of a leak related to Hillary Clinton email investigation. McCabe had authorized the leak but lied about it. McCabe later apologized for lying to agents who were investigating the leak. While Barr claimed it was a judgment call to not prosecute McCabe, 
His lies must now be properly seen in the light of the FBI's and his own pattern of lies, as documented in the March 6th notes. While the notes were only publicly released last week, they have been available to bar Durham and to the DOJ for much longer, yet no action was taken. Crucially, public release of the notes came after the five-year statute of limitations had lapsed in the March of this year. The question is why the DOJ, and Durham in particular, gave the FBI a free pass. The uncomfortable answer may be that... As has been suspected for a while, Durham's authority is effectively limited to private actors such as Sussman and Denchenko and does not extend to public officials such as McCabe and Strzok. That would be interesting. That would be interesting to see if that's how it plays out. It is in D.C., but who knows? Anyways, it is some perspective on this investigation from uh, two guys who have uh, really been studying it there very deeply. So there's that. All right. Doug is mine. Thank you, brother. Appreciate that. Then we have this. Let's go to, um, uh, let's see here. Uh, Fox News, it all leads to Hillary. This is uh, four minutes. Let's check this out. Let me boost this audio a little bit, too, so you guys can hear it. And all right, here we go. This is uh, as of today's stuff. We'll shift gears to today. Council John Durham's investigation into the origins of the Russia investigation. Cash Patel is a former chief of staff at the Department of Defense, also a former federal prosecutor. So you know this story very well. Tell me about the, the, what happened today, because the defense tried to ask for a mistrial. I don't know what the grounds are for a mistrial. Was that just normal course of a defense strategy or do they see problems ahead with their strategy. I think it's both. So look, as a former public defender and federal prosecutor, I tried 60 jury trials to verdict. And you lay a record, so you always ask for a mistrial when you think there's an issue for appeals. But the shocking part about this was they asked, they, the defense, on behalf of Michael Sussman, asked for a mistrial when Mark Elias, the head of the DNC law firm that was hired by the Clinton campaign, basically testified that not only did he hire Fusion GPS to do the opposition research on steel, his partner was the defendant and they were working for the Hillary Clinton campaign. And so this is why the defense is in sort of on thin ice because they're like, wait a second, our entire platform has been, he did not go to the FBI uh, on behalf of any campaign. Correct, so Mike, here's what Mark Elias said. Uh, Given who I represent, I tend to not want more people to know about it than have to know about it. And then you have Sussman saying, well, you know, look, I did work for the Clinton campaign, of course, but when I went to the FBI, it was totally separate. Here's a text message that he sent to the general counsel of the FBI. It says, Jim, it's Michael Sussman. I have something time sensitive and sensitive I need to discuss. Do you have availability for a short meeting tomorrow? I'm coming on my own, not on behalf of a client or company. Want to help the bureau. Thanks. How'd that go over? Not well. That text message was sent one day before the meeting actually took place between Sussman and Baker. And the kicker is that what most Americans don't realize is the testimony of of the defense witnesses and Elias and Sussman are locked in. I interrogated them under oath four years ago when I led the Russiagate investigation. John Durham is using those interrogations, uh, the deposition transcripts, in court. So that's why uh, Mark Elias can't run away from the truth, and that's why Michael Sussman is boxed in. He, John Durham, has entered those exhibits into court and said, if you lie, we're going to impeach you with this. I read Andy McCarthy's piece today in the New York Post as well. It says, the headline, I think, is just a reminder of, you know, we're talking about Sussman, we're talking about Baker, we're talking about Elias. But Hillary Clinton (laughs) is the head of the campaign. And the headline for Andy McCarthy's piece is, Clinton lawyers' ridiculous defense and Trump 
frame up. And she really has never had to answer any questions about this. You know, she rolls her eyes, she says it's ridiculous. But at this point, when I read these things, I'm like, well, isn't it kind of obvious? Yeah, and let's just step back a little bit. You know politics better than anyone, Dana. How can the head of the campaign who's running the ticket spend 10 to $50 million funding this disinformation campaign, not possibly know about it. And who's on the stand tomorrow? Robbie Mook, the defense, uh, the Hillary Clinton campaign head. And who's after that? Podesta and possibly Jake Sullivan. These are people that ran her campaign. They're testifying in this trial because they knew where the money was going. And now she's gonna come in and say, I still had no idea. I was spending 50 to $100 million of our campaign funds mm -hmm. on Oppo research that was fake. It's a tough sell, but you're right. No one's asking her the hard question. Uh, Sussman, uh, apparently his lawyers today said they don't know if they'll ask him to take the stand. That's typical in a defense trial? That's typical, and it's highly unlikely that Sussman yeah. takes the stand on this one. They, he would get crushed on cross-examination. All right, well, this is super interesting. I'll say, I, just hold this up for everybody. Yeah. This is his new book. It's called The Plot Against the King. It's a children's book about this whole thing, and it's, I have to tell you, I just took a quick look at the illustrations. really good. Order it on theplotagainstthekingcom That's pretty cool. I really uh, appreciate you coming in because... Uh, I think your experience as a former prosecutor and public defender, as you mentioned, and having been at the Defense Department and having known uh, what was going on within the White House um, as they tried to defend themselves against these attacks is super interesting. Thanks for having me. I love being here. Okay. All right, guys, thanks. <laughs> Line up the booms. Oh, you got to love it, man. Day three of Sussman Trial Baker testifies. This is yesterday from Technofog. I'm on the road the next few days, wedding season, and we'll be providing updates on the Sussman Trial that have more transcripts and less discussion from your humble author. Today is the morning testimony of former FBI counsel James Baker. Yesterday we discussed how Sussman reached out, not on behalf of a client. You shared the purported Alpha Trump data. Here he discusses what occurred during the fateful meeting in September 2016. Question. And so how did the meeting begin? What happened? Michael started to explain why he was there. He said he was not appearing before me on behalf of any particular client. Uh, as to whether Sussman lied, Baker is 100% confident he did. Question, Mr. Baker, you'll recall this is the message Mr. Sussman sent you the night before. Is this your testimony that you repeated that statement in the meeting with you? Answer, in essence, I believed he said I'm... In the meeting, he said, I'm not here on behalf of any particular client. 100% confident that he said that in the meeting. Uh, and so we pretty much uh, have summarized all of this uh, as of yesterday. So uh, uh, safe travels for Technofog as he is on the road. Uh, another video that I wanted you guys to see today is this from Carly Bond. That is today's bombshell testimony from her 2016 campaign manager. She agreed that they should take the Trump-Russia collusion story to the press. So who told then Clinton attorney Michael Sussman to take that trumped up Trump-Russia story over to the FBI and to let them know about it? Sussman says he was just being a good citizen, but Hillary Clinton was paying him at the time. One agent at the FBI who was given the goods said there was nothing there, that it didn't make any sense to him and that he didn't think it should be pursued. So then they gave it to another agent named Peter Strzok. And he and Jim Comey, Comey launched an investigation known as Crossfire Hurricane. It made the, uh, they made sure the papers heard about it. And then, as you know, it was off to the races. In moments, former House Intelligence Committee Chairman Devin Nunez, now CEO of the Trump Te Media and Technology Group, but first to David Spunt, our correspondent who is live at that courthouse watching it all unfold in Washington. Hi, David. 
Hi, Martha. Good afternoon to you. Quite a day here in federal court. Robbie Mook, Hillary Clinton's former campaign manager in 2016, revealed to jurors today and really surprised attorneys that his former boss, the candidate Hillary Clinton, said it was okay to go ahead and release this story, this unvetted, now debunked story, to the media. These are accusations, and it went ahead to the media. Clinton then tweeted October 31st, 2016, computer scientists have apparently uncovered a covert server linking the Trump organization to a Russian-based bank. Then Clinton aide, now National White House National Security Advisor, said in a statement that same day, Jake Sullivan, this secret hotline may be the key to unlocking the mystery of Trump's ties to Russia. Martha, in 2016, Clinton campaign lawyer Michael Sussman told the FBI he had evidence of a secret communications back channel between the Trump Organization and a Russian bank with ties to the Kremlin. Sussman has always said he was just delivering this information as a good citizen, a concerned citizen, on his own, not on behalf of a client, including the Clinton campaign. However, special counsel John Durham says he has information contrary to that and evidence showing that Sussman later billed the Clinton campaign for that private meeting. Meeting. Mook also told jurors today that he would have never authorized Michael Sussman to go to the FBI on behalf of the campaign with information about a potential Trump Organization Russia link. Mook said point blank of the FBI, quote, we did not trust them. Still, Mook and his team were okay with sharing this information. Before Mook, former FBI General Counsel James Baker finished his third day on the stand. He met with Sussman in the days before the election, in the months before the election. And during that meeting, he says that Sussman came armed with documents and two thumb drives. What makes it a little bit interesting, Martha, the defense team is trying to poke holes in Baker's testimony because he said different things to different people about if Sussman was representing a client. And there are transcripts of that. So there which you go. May be an There's the summary from Fox News, Fox News today. Jerry Dunleavy, uh, who's uh, who's done does a great job, really. Uh, he had this, but he put out there on a tweet today. Clinton campaign manager Robbie Mook revealed Hillary Clinton personally approved sharing the false Alpha Bank claims with the media, and he testified about this tweet from Hillary Clinton and Jake Sullivan touting the Trump Russia claims in 2016. So they're trying to get this admitted in the court and. Uh, the judge is not allowing Durham to even bring this stuff up, which I find to be interesting. But there's more cases coming from this. Do not let this case blackpill you when you get surprised about what eventually happens with this. There's much more. This is just the groundwork of what's happening here. Uh, John Hawley, uh, who we covered, uh, I think, day one or day two, uh, has a thread today, and I want to read it to you guys. This is as of eight hours ago, Sussman day five, the first week of the anticipated two week trial. So it's anticipated to be two week trials of the Clinton campaign attorney, Michael Sussman concludes Friday with former uh, FBI general counsel, James Baker on the stand. I have a recap in the Epoch Times. Baker is a key witness in the case against Sussman, who was charged with lying to the FBI when he delivered thumb drives, documents to Baker, alleging a secret server connection between Trump organization in the Kremlin-linked Alpha Bank. But Baker is not a friendly witness for Special Prosecutor John Durham's team. He'd worked with Sussman at the DOJ, and they were maintained a friendship. On the stand, he's repeatedly referenced his respect for him as a cyber national security expert. 
Friday's proceedings begin with defense attorney Sean Berkowitz cross-examining Baker, who maintains he took the data Sussman gave him seriously and passed it along to the FBI analyst, who, within a day, determined the claims were bogus. The key determination for the jury is if Sussman lied when he told Baker before and during their September 19, 2016 meeting that he was not representing clients but acting as a good citizen in conveying the data to the FBI. Both sides pounded Baker for various responses during this investigation and several other other crossfire hurricane probes as well as the inspector general inquiry into unauthorized disclosure of classified information in meeting twice with New York Times Eric Lightblob. Baker says Sussman never said he was working for clients. He said he knew Sussman was a DNC Clinton campaign lawyer, but that his emphasis was in cybersecurity after two Russian agencies hacked the DNC. Lie. Baker, often, uh, who often says, sitting here today, insists Sussman never said he was working for clients. I'm 100% confident, quote, that he said in the meeting, my memory on this point, uh, st- sitting here today, is clear. Baker acknowledged some lapses in procedural standards in not revealing Sussman as the source of the data and not having agents in the room with him when he met with Sussman. Baker said if he knew of Sussman's involvement with the Clinton campaign, he still would have wanted to come to the FBI. But, quote, I don't want I don't think I would have met with him. Quote, we would have looked at it differently. We would have taken more time with it. Yeah, right. acting as if they didn't have this big plot in place anyway the insurance policy as if as if there was no insurance policy right there was no big picture plan to have this done he had known the extent of sussman's involvement with the dnc clinton campaign beyond cybersecurity. baker said he still would have asked to meet with sussman and passed it along but not necessarily in the same way i quote i may have had other concerns about the role of the press in all of this it would have influenced my thinking of how I would have passed that information on or who I would have passed it on to in the sense of urgency of passing it along. Berkowitz, quote, Mr. Baker, would it surprise you to know that there are documents in the FBI that say the source of the data, data Sussman gave him, was the DNC? Oh, man. Baker, yes, I had not heard that before. Berkowitz dropping a bomb right there six hours ago. <laughs> there are documents in the FBI that say the source of the data Sussman gave him was the DNC. Wow. They have it all. Court has recessed and Baker has finished testifying. He was on the stand for more than eight hours over three days. Next up, 2016 campaign manager Robbie Mook. 2016 campaign manager Robbie Mook confirms Hillary Clinton approved release of the Alpha Bank allegations following the OK quote. My recollection is it was still unnamed, uh, an unnamed campaign staffer with our press department who contacted the media. Still unnamed should be in parentheses. Mook did not say still unnamed. Gotcha. OK, so. Said it was a campaign staffer. Mook said he told Clinton, quote, we have this and we want to share it. She agreed with that. He later said, quote, all I can remember is she agreed with the decision. She thought we made the right decision. Mook says he is he was not aware if the Clinton approved Sussman going to the FBI. Quote, I don't know why she would do so. He said uh, campaign had no knowledge of the FBI probe. If someone from the campaign was contacting law enforcement, he said he'd want to know and, and approve it. <laughs> 
just because Mook didn't know doesn't mean Elias and Clinton and, and Obama didn't know. Mook is off the stand four hours ago. His testimony was interrupted by a sidebar to discuss apparently questions related to Clinton's October 31st Twitter statements about the FBI probe he said the campaign was unaware of. With Mook off the stand and off to Spain on his vacation, court is in recess until 145. On tap to testify this afternoon is retired CIA officer uh, Mark Chadison and CIA agent, quote, Kevin P. Uh, that's his uh, anonymous name anyway. All right. Retired CIA officer three hours ago, Mark Chadison, said in January 20, 2017, Gilman Louie, who ran CIA's venture capital InQtel fund, InQtel shows up. Holy crap. <laughs> wow. I bet your Radix is going to have a little fun with that on her show in a couple of hours. Asked him to meet Sussman because he had information of importance to national security. They had breakfast in the North Virginia hotel. That InQtel thing is... is <laughs> Man, that is amazing. I wonder if I can find, uh, let's see. I wonder if I can find Radix's article on InQtel. <laughs> uh, PatriotSoapbox.com. Let's see here. Where's it at, Radix? I know it's in here somewhere. Private partnership ADO. This is July twenty seventh, twenty twenty one. Um, hmm. Wonder if this is it. This is written by Radix. PayPal ADL partnership dissidents. No, that's not it. All right. Radix wrote a great article about Inkutel <laughs> about forty three or four years ago. During that meeting. Okay, uh, let me reread that. Retired CIA officer Mark Chattison said in January 2017, Gilman Louie, who ran CIA's venture capital in QTEL fund, asked him to meet Sussman because he had information of importance to national security. They had breakfast at a North Virginia hotel January 31st, 2017. During that meeting, Sussman said that he was representing a client as an engineer with a number of patents and... Uh, as a Republican, quote unquote, who had some allegations against President Trump that he wanted me to hear. Chattison is off the stand more than more on his testimony later, because right now, Kevin P., another retired CIA officer, takes the stand. He's retired after 32 years, met with Sussman on February 9th, 2017 at the CIA headquarters. So you never really do retire from the CIA, huh? The bottom line is Sussman told retired CIA officer uh, that he was representing a client on January 31st, 2017, but when he met with then-active-duty CIA officers Kevin P. and Stephen M. on February 9th, 2017, the reference was to contacts. Huh. Contacts. Interesting. Yeah, they all work together. Court has adjourned for the day and the week um, after conflicting testimony from two former CIA officers regarding whether Sussman identified his source as a client or as contacts. First up, Monday will be, hey, there's Trisha Anderson in the in the talk. There you go. Uh, former FBI deputy counsel, followed by Bill Priestept. Um, he was the assistant director for counterintelligence. The prosecution is expected to wrap up its case by Tuesday or Wednesday next week, at which point we will hear more from other cases that are pending. <laughs> so there you go. Um, no CIA retirement? Yeah, exactly. 
Uh, that is pretty interesting. Um, so that's the summary of everything from today. That's a pretty big Friday bomb to drop that Hillary authorized it. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I see the diligence saying check out QPost 222. I will do so. Uh, let's see. Is this relevant? Ah, yes. Nails it. Thank you for that. QPost 222 came in on, on 11-23-2017 when... And Anon post this on the chance. Q question mark or Q explanation point. Is this relevant? At InQtel, painters work focused on identifying, researching, and evaluating new startup technology firms that believed to offer tremendous value to the CIA, the National Geospatial Intelligence Agency, and the Defense Intelligence Agency. Indeed, the NGA had confirmed that its intelligence obtained via keyhole was used by the NSA to support U.S. operations in Iraq from 2003 onwards. A former U.S. Army Special Operations Officer, Painter's new job at Google as of July 2005, was a federal manager of what Keyhole was to become, Google Earth Enterprise. By 2007, Painter had become Google's federal chief technologist and also has now worked for DARPA. TK refers to the talent keyhole code names uh, for imagery from reconnaissance aircraft and spy satellites. Very interesting. Good call on that one, the diligent. That's a very important Q post. Um, in, in QTEL, this is how it brings in DARPA, uh, Google, and do, Google is DARPA. That whole kind of side of the of the coin is uh, pretty interesting. So that's how all that stuff ties together. It's also interesting to hear. Um, uh, Stephen McIntyre bring in uh, SIS and MI5, MI6. Um, there's six posts with MI6. Uh, and it's, you know, again, the, the reason why this is a global conspiracy and we wonder if we're really going to um, hear the hear the truth about all of this stuff is because how, how broad this conspiracy goes. Um, so, you know, that's why I keep saying like – Let's just keep moving forward, and this will play itself out. Um, MI6 SIS is going undergoing a house cleaning. Queen and the monarchs are seeking shelter. Patience. These people are stupid. Uh, let's see here. July 30th, 2018, Q1764 came in. It is DNI documents, Fisk memo, Nicholas Ram- Rasmussen. Important name to remember. Former director of the National... Counterterrorism Center, McCain Institute, Nicholas Rasmussen. Think FISA, think no-name McCain, White House visitor logs, no-name Hussein dates, no-name Brennan Hussein dates, no-name Brennan Comey Hussein dates, no-name Brennan Clapper Rice Hussein dates. This is their, their, the reason why Q was bringing this up is because this is how they monitored and planned the whole Spygate operation. The whole Russia, Trump Russia narrative operation, the whole insurance policy to destroy a sitting president, replaced by, uh, let's see, Defense Intelligence Liaison to British Intelligence in London. Think United Kingdom, current director of the CIA, Gina Haspel. UK bile removed CIA's station chief, London, United Kingdom. Furthermore, Haspel is seen as a Russia expert and a close ally of Britain's MI6, having been London's station chief from 2014 to 2017. Meaning, Haspel uh, participated in the illegal spying of U.S. presidential candidates and Congress. The more you know, Q. 
one of the ones that comes up is Anatomy of Spygate, Spy Op, White House, Hussein, Valerie Jarrett. Uh, the, the whole, this is a pretty good one. Um, and then the other one that comes up that's interesting Haspel made director for a specific reason. Brennan tapped it directly for support. Brennan class security division to spy T if CIA, if CIA was running black operations spying on Trump in the United Kingdom, would Haspel station chief be informed and instructed MI six meetings with Durham. The only way to restore faith is through transparency and accountability. We're waiting patiently Barack Obama to the United Kingdom to Australia, Australia to the United Kingdom to Barack Obama, Barack Obama to Alexander Downer, Five Eyes, Extension One, Fake News Blast, Narrative Shift, and Necessary Sample. Uh, here are all the articles that were written about Trump's British spies. Tony Blair's denies warning Trump intelligence agencies may spied on them. Bruce Orr unlocked United Kingdom Five Eyes Intelligence. United Kingdom Five Eyes Intel unlocks required requests. Request, think the highest levels. Focus, two. This is a case with helper who is now proven to be a spy, possibly Australian ambassador Alexander Downer, who her husband met in London. A Sarah Carter article that is one of the most important articles that's out there. Poof, that article's gone. Um... <laughs> Bruce or closed door necessary red-handed comms revealed to encourage truthful testimony 19 phone calls today DC United Kingdom Australia panic who are the firewalls what will the fake news push tomorrow there you go that's a summary and then the last one Natasha Bertrand Twitter status and it says the new director herself may get drawn into the bar Durham probe as they investigate rumors about Joseph Mifsud as London station chief in 2016. Haspel was briefed on the Russia links professor's contact with Papadopoulos per sources. <laughs> uh, remember when Natasha Bertrand used to be an actual reporter Haspel made director for a specific reason <laughs> meetings with Durham. The only way to restore faith is through Transparency and accountability. We're waiting patiently. All right, guys. There's a summary of Durham and Q-Post with regards. And uh, it's always fun to kind of go through those and um, tie them into what's happening out there today. Thanks for checking everything out today. Hope all is well, everyone out there. Happy Friday. Uh, now's a chance to open up the phone lines and see what you guys got going on out there. So if you guys want to call in, let me know what's on your mind. Glenn, if you want to let me know what you were talking about, now's your chance. Let me, oh, let me actually turn Zoom on. That would be extremely helpful. I try that. Search DIA. All right, I'll do that. Shit stain McCain. Knock my socks off. One link at a time to the class holding it all together. The keystone, indeed. Why? Zoom is taking a second to, to load, so give me a second here. It updated itself. <sighs> New meeting. There we go. All right. Zoom room is open if you guys want to call in. Um, let me check in with you guys over here on Rumble. What's good, Rumble? How you guys doing today? Um, Hank's in the house. Marauder, good to see you out there. Uh, and several others. Thanks for being here today, guys, on Rumble. 
Thanks for joining us here today. Lots of you lurking out there. Thanks for thanks for watching today. Do me a favor, hit that plus button. And if you're new to the channel, subscribe. We do this every day. We're going to cover all these events and show <laughs> show the history of Qpost with regards to them because it's extremely interesting that uh, all of this stuff seems to be coming true. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, all right, I'll leave that open. Anytime anybody wants to hop in there, and we'll just uh, keep moving here today. Let's check in on breaking stuff out there to see what's going on uh, in the discussions on Telegram. Uh, let's see. Zero Hedge has 12 nightmarish economic trends that we should expect to see during the second half. Lots of people worried about the stock market and the impending crash. So, yeah, I got a feeling that that probably is coming. CEOs are quitting their jobs at the fastest pace on record. A Clinton campaign hoax. Musk says 2016 Hillary tweet. Absolutely disinformation. Asked Prague to weigh in. <laughs> nice, Elon. Oh, that's hilarious. The Vigilant Fox. The power of the people is always greater than the people in power. Okay, talking about the World Health Organization stuff. Um, let's see. Monkeypox outbreak. What lies ahead? Yeah, whatever. Hillary okay giving the media. <laughs> so that story is pretty much getting out there pretty good. Um, let's see. What's this? Um, Service to this country. From the storm has arrived. I kind of want to see this and see what he's got, what this is. Uh, the audio on this is way low. I'm going to crank this way up. Let's see what this is from the storm has arrived. Oops. You want to see it too? I thought, I'll say, keep the applause down, okay, whatever, don't, don't, I don't need that, I don't need it. What we need is we need, we really, really need to understand what it is that we're up against. You know, coming in this morning, I'm thinking about all the different things that I've been involved in as a military professional, all of the planning to go take over countries, all of the places around the world that I've been, and trust me, when I say this, that, that I, have, I have planned for and I have executed the takeover of countries around the world. I've been part of it because I was in the military and I rose to very, very senior levels in the military and I became the national security advisor for this country, which the establishment, the people that we're up against, didn't want. And this is not just Democrats because you have a guy that cannot, is not bought. I mean, it, you know, in all the crazy investigations that I'm still under. Okay, they couldn't find an unpaid parking ticket. So, I mean, we are up against something that's very, very powerful, and it is spiritual. And so I said yesterday, for those that were here, courage is a decision. Courage is a decision. So, Carrie, thank you. Good stuff from uh, General Flynn, and uh, he's been sending that message out far and wide for a while, uh, trying to... Uh, just to let people know that things aren't as bad as they seem. Uh, Desert Beauty, it's good to see you out there. God bless you. Hope all is well today on this Friday evening. Dolphin, hey, hope all is well. Uh, NIH website published uh, <laughs> posted a summary of COVID. What is the truth? It's it's like it would take me like a half hour to read. But uh, Lady Draza says, this is incredible. That is on the NIH, web, NIH website. Kudos to Russell Blaylock for speaking the truth, and thank you for sending it my way, Phantom Mama. Yep, it is good stuff. Have you guys seen that? I'll, I'll show it to you if you haven't seen it yet. It is um, What is the Truth from Russell Blaylock, and it is an awesome summary of the truth around COVID, but you can see, I mean, it is, re it is extensive and it is long. Uh, if you want to check this out or if you want to give it to somebody, 
I'll read, I can read the conclusions if you want. I can just get it that far. Uh, here, I'll get this link out there to you guys if you want to see this. It is really interesting. It's worth your time to take a look at. Oh, my pleasure. Thanks for being here, the hun. All right, there's there's this link. Here, I'll show it to you. Here, the Here's the conclusions. How long is the conclusions? Even the conclusions is like five pages. <laughs> we are all living through one of the most drastic changes in our culture, economic system, as well as political system in our nation's history. As, the, as well as the rest of the world, we have been told that we have never returned to normal and that the Great Reset has been designed to create a new world order. This has all been outlined by Klaus Schwab, head of the World Economic Forum, in his book, In the Great Reset. The, this book gives you a great deal of insight as to the thinking of the utopians who are under the proud, who are proud to claim this pandemic crisis as their way to usher in a new world. This new world order has been on the drawing boards of the elite manipulators for over a century. In this paper, I have concentrated on the devastating effects this has had on the medical care system in the United States, but also much of the Western world. In past papers, I have discussed the slow erosion of traditional medical care in the United States and how this system has become increasingly bureaucratized and regimented. This process uh, was rapidly accelerating but the appearance of this, in my opinion, manufactured pandemic has transformed our healthcare system overnight. It is that's a, that's just one paragraph from it. There is really good stuff. It talks about chloroquine. It talks about uh, cancer patients and 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 how the effects of the treatments that were given down from these evil people, <laughs> how they worked their way into the mess that we see today. Panzer Pappy, thank you for gifting a tub to Desert Beauty. I appreciate that. And Aristotle, thank you for the new follow today. Appreciate that very much. Thanks for being here today, guys. I appreciate you very much. Um, so there's that. Uh, Lady Draza, Carrie Lake dropping this on us uh, about uh, about 20 minutes before the show started. She said she just got a tip that there are some big developments in the election corruption investigation in Yuma, Arizona possibly including law enforcement raids on nonprofits potentially involved in ballot trafficking. We shall wait to see, but um, hopefully we'll see more of that. It's only been a year and a half. It's about freaking time. So that, that word getting around out there. Uh, if this, if this <laughs> she cat's right, if this stuff starts to, to flow, that'll be interesting. Uh, let's see here. Um, the Lone Raccoon is talking about that as well. Brian Cates is out there today. Man who investigated the Russiagate hoax and Trump admin drops a megaton bomb on Fox News. It all leads to Hillary. Indeed. Uh, that's what that's the video that we covered earlier. Um, let's see here. Technofox Substack. That was one we covered as well. There's the text from Sussman. Yeah, yeah. It was released today. Um, Elon Musk says he voted for Democrat in the past. Not doing so anymore. Uh, a fresh filing for a protective order for Eric Lightblow. We'll see what happens on that. Durham is, is, is saying that it should not be protected information. We'll see probably Monday on that uh, if that comes out. Um, yesterday, Elias admitted on the stand that Fusion wasn't hired for legal services. Today, Bucker, Baker confirmed Sussman hid his clients from him when he sent him a text message indeed. Uh, let's see here. What else is breaking out there today, Brian? <laughs> Brian's out there driving like a maniac today. Uh, safe travels, Brian. Holy shit, what does stuff like this always happen when I'm away? Christopher, oh, this is Representative Jim Jordan. Uh, Elon says I'm indeed out for blood. Yeah, well, 
Uh, safe. Hopefully he stays safe. Um, former DNI John Ratcliffe responds to Elon's wonder what else fake within the article from Q post 4809 about Brennan that shows handwritten notes stating Hillary Clinton approved a proposal from one of her foreign policy advisors to vilify Donald Trump by stirring up a scandal claiming interference by the Russia security services. Interesting. This is from where we go when we go all channel. Um, what the Q post was that? You guys are being shy today, huh? 4809. Let's see what the 4809 is. Trick Pony, thank you for the 100 gold pills. I appreciate that. Sean Joe, thank you for the cookie, brother. Um, Brew525 says, how do doctors remove the tortoise shell off a of Klaus Schwab's back? Good question. Um, now I forgot what Q post that was. 4808? Did I say 4809? 4809. It is that Fox News. Let's see what happens. Yeah, Brad, thank you. DNA declassifies Brennan OCA memo on Hillary Clinton stirring up a scandal between Trump and Russia. Brooks Singman dropping this one on us. <laughs> the handwritten notes. There they are. That is an interesting one. The notes don't spell out the full names, but JC could be then James Comey, Susan, National Security Security Advisor, Susan Rice, and Dennis. Obama's chief of staff, Dennis McDonough. Indeed, they all knew. The declassification comes after Ratcliffe last week shared newly declassified information that the Senate Judiciary Committee, which revealed that in 2016, U.S. intelligence officials forwarded an investigative referral on Hillary Clinton purportedly approving a, quote, plan concerning U.S. presidential candidate Donald Trump and Russia hackers hampering U.S. elections, unquote, in order to distract the public from her email scandal. That referral was sent to Comey by then-Deputy Director of Counterintelligence Peter Strzok. God, jackpot. It's all working itself out. It's beautiful to watch, is it not? <laughs> oh, man. Stalling is always the first move tactic. The system designing. Yeah, no kidding. Good point. Really good point, actually. Um, all right, so there's that. What else does uh, Brad have going on out there? Musk is out for blood. Nice. <laughs> the meme makers are doing their jobs. Dr. Frank's been out there with... Um, Seth Keschel and many others in Pennsylvania today. So congratulations to them getting the word out there about the exposing the frog. Sidney Powell put this out there today. CNN politics tweeted earlier, not about uh, a half hour ago or maybe a little hour ago. CNN politics tweeted Hillary Clinton personally approved the plan to share Trump Russia allegations with the press in 2016. Campaign manager says, <laughs> oh, it's so much fun to watch. Bradzilla, indeed. This is huge. DC inquired uh, Biden open border agenda stopped in its track as judge blocks him from title ending final title 42. Oh, this is an interesting one. I've been waiting for more news on this and we get it on Friday. Biden opens open border agenda stopped in its tracks. The Biden administration took another hit Friday when a federal judge blocked Biden's attempt to end Title 42. The Trump administration employed this rule to prevent border crossers from entering our country and spreading communicable diseases. All of this was during the heat of COVID-19. The Biden administration had planned to end the policy on May 23rd, facing bipartisan opposition to do so. The judge was responding to a coalition of states opposed to the Biden move. As the New York Times reports, quote, 24 states led by Arizona, Louisiana, Missouri sued on April 3rd, two days after the CDC announcement lifting the public health order 
arguing that Title 42's continued enforcement was needed to avert the threat of a, quote, wave of illegal migration and drug trafficking and that returning to normal enforcement practices would cause irreparable harm, unquote. Developing story, but things aren't going well for Biden at the moment. That's interesting. That's a good one. I was waiting on that ruling too, Desert Beauty. I'm glad that came out today. Uh, It seems to be a boom Friday. Patriot Patel, we're back with another episode of Liberty Den tonight. So check out uh, Patel Patriot, uh, Beer at the Parade, and Kate, the Kate Awakening tonight, 9 Eastern, uh, over there on Rumble. Check that out when you get time. Let's see, Red Pill 78 uh, has Amon Bundy on tonight. Interesting. I'm going to go ahead and help promote that. That's awesome. Definitely going to be hanging out with Red Pill tonight, 9 Eastern, excuse me, 10 Eastern, 9 Central. Uh, Red Pill 78 tonight with Amon Bundy. That's going to be must-see TV right there. Uh, Let's see. He's checking with police frequency and see if there's anything crazy going out there. The the crazies are out everywhere. Some dude getting tased in downtown Dallas today. Federal judge blocking uh, Biden administration's efforts on Title 42. We just covered that. Um, Border Patrol doing work down there as always. So great work there by them. Lara Logan putting this out there today. Let's see. Christopher Steele created the dossier. Uh, Jim Jordan four days ago. Hmm. I am indeed out for blood. So it is that one that we t- that we covered. Majority Taylor Green God love her. God be with her. I see other uh, Glenn stand by one. I see Bishop officially officially bars Nancy Pelosi from receiving Holy Communion. <laughs> nice. Uh, Elon staying in the news. New NBC report offers powerful evidence Biden lied about Hunter during the China debate. Indeed. And then that's pretty much everything that's breaking out there now. And now's a good chance to hop uh, Glenn in here and see what he's got going on out there today. Let me get uh, my screen set up here, Glenn, and then we'll, uh, we'll go ahead and start kicking it off here, my friend. It's been a while since we chatted. How you been, man? Muted. I cannot hear you. It says you're unmuted, but I don't have audio. It could be something on my end too, Glenn. Let me check my. Uh, there you go. Is that better? Now. Yep, I hear you now. Okay, switch was in the wrong position. Gotcha. Love these. Love these complicated headsets. <laughs> right. Uh, I've been doing fine. Abe moved to Florida. Yeah, living the good life. How was your move? Oh, move was real good. Uh, we drove 19 hours to get here, straight. <laughs> that was that's the way. Almost that's the way to do it, honestly. Yeah, well, uh, we had a dog in the car, and I couldn't find any place to sleep overnight. So we got to Georgia. We were 300 miles away from uh, where we wanted to be, and. Uh, I said, okay, we should be there in about three hours, five hours later. <laughs> yeah, it's always optimistic, especially in that area. When you get to uh, to Atlanta and that in southern, that, that always takes a lot longer than it's supposed to. Well, I came right down 95, so it wasn't too bad. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, uh, and then uh, got moved in. Uh, movers cost about twice as much as uh, they had originally quoted me. Actually, three times as much as they originally quoted me, but that's okay. I was expecting that. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, mine was too. Mine ended up being about 760 instead of 350. Right, right. Oh, you had more boxes than we figured. No, yeah. it was. Uh, it just took longer because the reason why I hired them is because while my wife bought some nice furniture and and nice uh, couch and um, you know king size bed and it's down a half a, a, a set of stairs and it's got those crazy corners and apartments have and it's it was a pain in the ass to get it in there and I knew it was gonna be a bitch to get out so it was a bit a little bit of a struggle for him to get everything out of there. Yeah, I've been there, done that. I had an old house myself. Uh, that's one reason we left a queen size bed in the house. <laughs> I didn't want to try and get that uh, box spring out. Uh, let's see. Uh, then uh, this week, I decided I was going to buy an RV so I can go traveling around and have fun during my retirement. Nice. Yeah, so one of these uh, events, I might just meet up with you because I may just travel out there to see you. Uh, that Virginia event is definitely going to be a must-see. You see General Flynn uh, promoting it today as well. Okay. Uh, well, uh, I'm not sure that fits in with our timeline because uh, we've got a test run coming up in a few weeks of just a local trip uh, for a couple of days. And then after that, we're planning a trip up to Kansas to see my god kids and for the first time ever. Oh, good for you. <laughs> yeah. So that's going to be like two to three weeks. And life has just been good, busy but good. And I haven't been able to be on the air myself because it's been so busy. Uh, I get it. That's what I, <laughs> that's what I get for doing an eight, uh, 7 o'clock in the morning show. Uh, things come up in the morning, and the only time you can do anything around here in Florida is in the morning because it gets too damn hot. Yeah. I remember that. I remember that specifically, and that's why I got the hell out of South Florida, one of the reasons anyway. Well, I'm in uh, around Central Florida, so uh, 10 o'clock in the morning, that sun hits you, and it is brutal. So it's like, okay, I can't do anything after 10 o'clock, so I got to get it all done before and can't do anything until after, oh, say, 5 o'clock, and you're on. So... <laughs> There goes that. Yep, I hear uh, that. Uh, otherwise, everything's been fine. Everything's been moving along good. Uh, doing great. Uh, glad to see that uh, Red Pill's doing good down here, too. Uh, who else was down here? Uh, I forget um, who else was. Let's see. Did uh, Methods move down here? I'm not sure. I think... Um, uh, Brian Cates is on his way to Florida. I don't know if he's if he's moving. I think I heard that he was moving. I don't I don't really keep up with their their daily their their personal life stuff, but I thought I heard one of them was moving to uh, Florida too. Then we got uh, I think Chris is out here. Chris House is down here. I'm not sure about that. There's a bunch of us down here that are just living the good life. Yeah, All you guys right, can gotta, have it. I'll I'll take my three months of shitty winters and I'll 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 thoroughly enjoy an actual spring and a summer and a fall. <laughs> well, well, wait a minute. Wasn't didn't I hear that you were expecting a snowstorm there today or tomorrow? No, we got rain. We got uh, storms and tornadoes hitting. The, that that high that I talked about two weeks ago finally set in and set the weather pattern from the southwest. So. Oh okay okay. <laughs> yeah, that was over, uh, that's right. That was Wisconsin. Uh, way a little bit for, uh, or a little bit west of you that they still were getting a snowstorm uh, the NOAA has said it was the latest named snowstorm in history 
believe it or not. But global warming. Yeah, but global warming, right. Okay, question. Did Trump take us out of the WHO uh, when he was in office? WTO. Didn't he also take us out of the WHO? I kind of remember some discussions about it, but there was the... um, the it was the other treaty, the um, international court, the world international court or whatever it is, ICC. Right. But I'm not sure about the World Health Organization. Okay. Well, uh, the rest of the question goes on. Um, Biden brought us back into the WHO, and I don't remember Congress ever re uh, reapproving that. Yeah, I, that's a good point. Um, I'm trying to search articles right now while you're while I'm with you to see if I can find anything. Okay. Um, now, would this latest treaty be even valid, considering those two facts, and the fact that Congress hasn't even approved it? I mean, yes. Um, <laughs> theoretically, treaties that have to be have to be approved by Congress, but you know, Trump, Trump, they, they, it doesn't. You know how it goes now. It doesn't matter anymore. Trump did his version of these kind of treaties and stuff too. The like Abraham Accords wasn't wasn't approved by Congress. You know, stuff like that. So, well, the Abraham Accord wasn't between us. It was between the Arabs and the uh, Palestinians or something like that, and that was between them. So we didn't have to approve it. Yeah, that's a good point. Okay. Uh, That was not on us. That was trying to bring those two together in peace. Um, Now, I understand. Here we go, Glenn. Here we go. Coronavirus. uh, This is a BBC article from 7 July 2020. Trump Trump moves to pull the United States out of the World Health Organization. Uh, Trump has formally moved to withdraw the United States from the World Health Organization. The president had made his intentions clear in late May, accusing the WHO of being in control of China. So there you go, indeed. Um, okay. So with Biden bringing us back into the WHO, that would require congressional approval. And then uh, this latest treaty of the WHO taking over all health matters would also mean a congressional approval. Yes. Now, we're going further than that. Uh, with this WHO taking control of the United States, with us succeeding our sovereignty to the WHO, which, uh, I'm sorry, I looked at the Constitution again, Article 6, and Christine had it slightly wrong. Um, Christine Hall uh, said that the Constitution says that uh, nothing can trump the Constitution uh, with treaties. Now you go back into the Article Two or Article Six, uh, Section Two, and it says uh, everything with the Constitution and treaties now and in the future. So theoretically, the WHO could be taken over the United States. If we approve this, I mean that's probably their goal. That's their mechanism for for you know installing a one world government is to require uh, the United States to abide by World Health Organization, World Health Order organizations. Um, but I mean I'm not. <laughs> 
they got they got about six months before they get they get destroyed in an election. And so, you know, even if they do implement any kind of policy like this within six months, the the Congress is going to start jumping on this stuff. And I, I don't know. I think there's going to be a lot more that will happen, too. Um, I don't know exactly how it's going to happen, but I'm just not worried about case, it. I see a SCOTUS case happening real soon on this. Yes, uh, Joe Elaine, uh, Biden needs two thirds of the vote to pass. But. Biden has been known to just bypass Constitution and judicial rulings. I mean, just look at uh, uh, the uh, the ruling on stay in Mexico that he uh, was given. He had to re-implement it. Has he? He Has he, Abe? He can't because the courts are stopping him, and that's the no, 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 no. The courts, uh, the courts actually said that he was supposed to re-implement. Stay in Mexico. Yeah. And he hasn't done it yet. No, I think he has. I mean, the the reporting on the border is very interesting. It's to bring attention to it and to bring attention to Title 42 and people who disease people coming across the border and getting dumped all over the United States. That's why that that um, that court hearing today in 26 states, you know, standing up is a, is a pretty big ruling. You know what I mean? Right. And uh, the judicial... Uh, a judge today, I just read, uh, blocked uh, stopping uh, Title 42. Uh, that's on hold for now. Yeah, exactly. That's what we were just we were just talking about that as well. Uh, I must have missed that one little part. I had to kill a couple articles I was going to do with you because you covered them already. <laughs> I wasn't so well prepared today, Abe. I'm sorry about that. Uh, sorry about that. I wasn't so well prepared. And Denise, if you're out there, you're welcome to join us. I saw that petition you were talking about. Um, interesting. It just barely made the numbers. Uh, I think it was 137,000 people. Wow. Yeah. Let's go. I, it's interesting that they actually have a right to petition their government, and we don't. <laughs> <laughs> well, we do, but they just don't listen to us. But I have a feeling uh, uh, England doesn't listen either. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> yeah, I've been listening. This. That's a good point. Uh, courts don't have the enforcement arm; they have to rely on the executive to enforce their uh, judicial mandates. That's interesting. Uh, huh. Uh, okay. You know, they're going to try. They're going to try to do this stuff. But that, that's the good thing about being an American <laughs> is our, <laughs> our court system is not as bad as everyone makes it out to be. I mean, it's, it's been a disaster in the past. It's still got a lot of work to do. There's definitely need tort reform. There's all kinds of, of problems we can solve. But, you know, when it comes to the appeals courts and the Supreme Court, these guys aren't going to get this stuff through. Yeah. Uh, that's all I got for you today, Abe. I'm sorry I'm so short on you, but... Uh, I don't have much. I didn't prepare for you. No, it's all good, man. It's good to talk to you. It's good to hear from you. I'm glad you guys are getting settled in over there, and uh, I look forward to uh, shaking your hand sometime in the future, man. I'm glad you got settled into that better place that you're in. And, yes, the lighting is a little bit better today. Uh, the left side of your face is usually shadowy, so that's what I see on my end. 
I'm gonna get uh, once I start getting some money flowing. I'm I'm freaking broke. I had to, I use pretty much every penny to move in here. So uh, <laughs> once I get some money flowing, I'm gonna upgrade the lighting in here and uh, and get some um, stop that. There's a little bit of an echo. I guess this mic works really good with the podcaster, so it, it kicks out most of that stuff. But I could use some sound deadening stuff in here too. Okay, well it's not bad. I don't hear uh, very much of an echo. I mean it's it's full, but it's not echoey. Gotcha. That's good to hear. I mean, it, 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 this system is a really good system, so I, I wouldn't be surprised if it, it it knocks most of it out. Yeah, it does knock a lot of it out. Uh, yeah, get you some lighting, huh? Okay. That's the plan. Uh, when's your next event? Uh, July, first week of July, five, fifth, sixth time frame. Um, so we're working on getting some money flowing for that. And I'm going to have a full booth set up and uh, full live interviews. And the, the crowd that's going to be there is going to be awesome. So I'm really looking forward to covering that one. Oh, darn it. That's right when I'm going to be traveling. Dang, darn it. Figures. <laughs> Figures. I mean, uh, let's see. How far off is the event from 75? <laughs> Um, actually, let me, there's a couple of, there's a few more coming up, man. Um, I, I here, where is it at? Here it is here. Um, I just put it on my telegram. I forwarded uh, general Flynn's. Um, so let's see. There is July 8th and 9th, actually 8th and 9th, uh, Virginia beach. And then August 12th, 13th in Rochester, New York, which I'm not going to New York. So, Oh, I'm not going to New York either. <laughs> <laughs> not I, happening. I, I just left New Jersey because of all the crap that's up there. You think I'm going to go to New York, which is even worse? Right. <laughs> yeah, so those are the, the only two that uh, Thrive Time Show, Clay Clark, and General Flynn have prepared right now. But there's going to be other rallies and stuff throughout the summer. There's going to be some more uh, decertification events here in Wisconsin. So I'm going to be you know, going to as many of those as possible. Well, let's see, July 5th and 6th, 8th and 9th, Virginia. That's just a little bit too far out, because I'm going to be going up 75. Those are up off the 95. Gotcha. Darn it. Not, darn it. I mean, if I was going back up to New Jersey, it'd be an easy thing to do. Uh, Virginia Beach is uh, like 10 minutes off of 95, so that's not bad. Um, but I ain't going up that way again. Not, uh, not unless I have to go to a funeral, which may be happening. I don't know. I'm waiting on my aunt. Gotcha. Well, prayers uh, up, brother. Thanks for coming uh, to hang out with us today. Z, Z Patriot, yeah, thanks for the suggestion with Virginia. As soon as I uh, hit up Clay Clark, they were like, yep, <laughs> got you a slot. So good to go, man. Well, I would have been able to put you up in the motorhome, so if you needed it. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. It's it's kind of nice having a, a hotel room where I can just get away from it all because it's it's a lot of pressure and it's a lot of uh, uh, interaction with people and it's a, it can be a little bit overwhelming. I, I need some quiet time to, to myself after these events. I don't blame you. I don't blame you at all. I mean, I've seen what you do and you do a great job of it and uh, it just the, the noise would get to my head very quickly. It does. It does. That room gets loud and, and annoying. That's why I go for walks every now and then or go outside and stuff because it gets a lot of pressure. But then I miss interviews and stuff. So this time I'm hoping to have a, a team with me so that we can uh, make sure we get interviews lined up times and stuff like that. So it should be a lot of fun. I'm looking forward right. to it. We got to get you a boom mic. 
We yeah. gotta get you a boom mic. Yeah, that's on the list too. I, I I really like having the the wireless mic set up. It's it's so versatile. So I'm gonna try to utilize that more. I'm just gonna like try to hand a mic to somebody here. Clip this on. <laughs> well, no, I'm talking about a mic that you don't have to ha- uh, clip onto them. No, They're I hear you. Dir- yeah, those boom mics. Yeah. I've looked at a few of them. There, you got to spend some cash to get a nice one. Yeah, I know they're like three hundred, four hundred dollars just to, for the basic models. Uh, but yeah, uh, that would be the thing to get for those interviews because even with that wireless mic you've got, it does pick up a lot of the background. As much as we try not to, uh, I gotta I gotta play that, with it and learn it better because um, there's there's ways to adjust the mic to for the room. I just. When I'm in the middle of the of the thing, I just kind of is it work? Fine, good, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've seen you. I'd be doing about the same thing. Uh, okay, I got everything set up. Okay, let's go out there and go. <laughs> uh, but I'd be doing it over the phone right. at this point, not doing your fancy setup. Well, if I play with it more and I actually know how to use it before I go to an event, that's that would be a good step to take. <laughs> Well, you've been you've been playing with it a little bit, going on your fishing trips and walking tours. Yeah, more of that's coming too. Oh, good. Uh, yeah. Let's see. Anything else happening out in the world? Um, I don't see much right now. But then again, I haven't seen the Friday night dumps, so that might be something you might look for in the next half hour. All right, Abe. It's been nice talking to you, and. Uh, well, I'm sorry we couldn't argue back and forth on that one. <laughs> no, that I, I mean I'm with you. I just I'm not concerned with what the World Health Organization says at all. That's it's going to work itself out uh, through the U.S. court system, and they're not going to implement policies that are counterproductive to our Constitution. It's just not going to happen. No, no, it's not going to happen. We won't let it happen. They'll go to the Supreme and all that, and then and then just in time for all this voting, we got monkeypox which is the latest scare. But if you've had smallpox or had the vaccine for smallpox, you're covered, hmm. is what I'm hearing. Is, is what I'm hearing. I wonder, <laughs> register under Marine, too. That's a good idea, Z-Patriot. Uh, De- Nikki Sandals, thank you for the gold pills. That's very kind of you. Thank you very much. <laughs> Marine, too, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Use an alias when I go to Virginia. It's probably a good idea. Last time I was in Virginia. <laughs> yeah. Anyways. All right. I got about four or five other articles. I'll wrap the show up with the last half hour with these, and then uh, we'll check in with breaking news before we wrap the show up here today, Glenn. God bless you. Okay. Have a great weekend this weekend. I hope you enjoy uh, your weekend, and thanks for hanging out with me today, man. God bless you and all you do, uh, Abe, and we'll talk to you a little bit later. And if anybody else is interested, call in. You see what the calls are like. It's easy. It's fun. You get to talk to a guy, and we get differences of opinions worked out sometimes. Uh, Have fun. God bless, and uh, take care, all. Peace out. Take care, Glenn. Have a great weekend. Right. Glenn joining us today. Who cares news? He's been extremely busy, as you guys just heard. Um, Let's go. Let me check in with you guys over in chat and see what's going on out there. I see you guys kind of lurking out there and, and hanging today. Thanks for hanging out with us today. Uh, they stopped doing the smallpox vaccine in the mid seventies. Interesting. I was wondering if the if uh, you must have saw the question in my head. I wondered if the military still gives those out. 
Oh man, thanks guys. JC Bird, thank you for the cup of coffee. Thanks, brother. I appreciate that. And is it Ildi the Hun? Happy Friday, and I have a wonderful weekend. Thank you for everything you do. Thank you very kindly for that, for the Rumble Rants. Thanks, guys, for the cup of coffee today. I appreciate that very much. Over there on Twitch, DJ the Dirty Guy. Good to hang. Thanks for the new follow over there. I appreciate that very much. JC Bird dropping a 1,000 bits on us about 15 minutes ago. Thank you, sir. I appreciate that. New follows from our dog and Aristotle. Thanks, guys. I appreciate that. A party at Glenn's house. There you go. <laughs> Monkeypox is treatable. Interesting. Um, Dr. Z says the same protocol works for all viruses. Interesting. Panzer Pappy's in the house. You got your smallpox in 2006? Gotcha. I was wondering, yeah, I was, I was thinking if I got mine, too. I, I think I did when I went to Peru. What's that, uh, Polidius? Uh, hey, Sonia. Good to see you. Uh, Temporosa, they, they did give them out for a while when going to certain overseas stations. I think when I went to Peru, I got, I got all that stuff because that would make sense, right? <laughs> I went to Peru in... Let's see, 2007, I think. 90, no, 93, 90, 97, 2000, in 97. So I, I probably would have gotten it. My wife was feeling a little bit sick yesterday, and, and um, looks like she only, it was just a one-day cold thing, so there is some stuff going around out there, figures. Zach said monkeypox is in gay guys. Yeah, indeed. From yesterday's show, I remember him saying that. Uh, let's see, Panzer Pappy said, "Got my smallpox, two thousand six, registered Marine too." Yeah, I appreciate you guys. Um, I had to get the typhoid shot too. An interesting. Uh, Polidius said, "When he was in the army, every everyone already had the smallpox vaccine before." Gotcha. Two days of shots. Yes, it was a lot of shots. I don't even know what they all gave me. <laughs> That and the uh, malaria protocol, which is why my son has so many problems because I was supposed to detox from that before we got pregnant. And yeah, as soon as I got home from Peru, she got pregnant. So, oops. That's why I'm not necessarily anti-vax, but man, I hope my son's whole life is going to be changed because of that. All right, let me get to the last stuff I got here today, guys. Timothy Ramthune, why I'm running for governor in the state of Wisconsin. He wrote this yesterday, and I want to highlight him because he's a great patriot, and I want to tell you what, why he's running for office. He says this, that I might be a politician never entered my mind for the better part of my life. Who on earth might relish the idea of a complete public strip down, begging for money, endless criticism, and ongoing task of talking about oneself in public? That wasn't at the bottom of my list of aspirations in life. It never made the list. Then many things changed suddenly for the worst. Our policies, practices, and directions seemed entirely without a compass. Education was a particular concern. Whatever happened to teaching kids how to think over what to think? To me, words have particular meaning. That's what allows us to communicate clearly. Suddenly, special interest groups successfully convinced many that banning certain words and changing the meaning of many others would make the world a better place. That's crazy, says Timothy Ramthum. And how could any child learn or any teacher teach in such a nonsensical environment? Words have meaning for a good reason. They provide for sentences that can be parsed, contracts that can be adjudicated, records that can be relied upon as sound and accurate, and facts that can be passed from one generation to the next without loss of meaning, context, or intent. 
So after having spent decades as a problem solver for Fortune 100 and Fortune 500 companies in the areas of manufacturing, technology, finance, supply chain, logistics, product delivery, and communications, I decided for a run for a seat for my community's local school board. I now have eight grandchildren to worry about, and every child deserves education over indoctrination. I'm humbled to have been recently been reelected to my fourth three-year term as a director and past president of my local school board. But our problems stretch well beyond and largely stem from decades of erosion and infiltration to what used to be a calling for the best and brightest teachers within education. Our problems has escalated dramatically since my first run for school board in 2012. In 2018, I I decided to attempt a larger role in my efforts to help right a shift headed for disaster, and I was elected for the Wisconsin Senate Assembly state assembly serving in the 59th district in 2020 disaster struck what holds our freedom in the palm of a hand was successfully attacked free fair and lawful elections for the leadership of our entire country the very hope of freedom for all humanity around the globe was successfully hijacked the city and the shining hill went dark I didn't want to believe it. Who would? But I am an adept at statistics, scientific analysis, and electronics. It was true. Evidence of widespread fraud was not only evident, but beyond dispute. And I surely would have welcomed any valid victor, but that's not the point. The point is that while I was up close and personal as a state assembly member, I saw the corruption and the denial on both sides. How could anyone serve as a taxpayer dispense as a at a taxpayer expense and turn a blind eye to the obvious? It was not only that my colleagues in the Wisconsin state legislature looked the other way with very few exceptions, they also vilified me, ostracized me, distanced themselves from me. Why? Because the Republican leadership told them what to say, what to think, what to write. That brings us right back to education versus indoctrination. I can't ignore that. That's corruption and manipulation on crack. As Ronald Reagan so rightly stated, freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. You and I have the courage to say to our enemies, there is a price we will not pay. There is a point beyond which they must not advance. Freedom is everything to humanity, ingenuity, productivity, and the pursuit of happiness. We need to defeat, we need to defend freedom. I will fight this nonsense to my last breath, not only for my own children and grandchildren, but also for yours. We few, we happy few, we band of brothers are the new greatest generation. That's why I'm running for governor of the state of Wisconsin. As governor, I remain. I will remain honest, listen carefully to the will of the people, and anticipate the unknown consequences of any action before I act on behalf of Wisconsin. I will confront anything that undermines our constitution, God-given rights, or the sovereignty of individuals, the state of Wisconsin, and the United States of America with vigor. As such, I will defend our Bill of Rights, nurture free enterprise, engage in communities, embrace diversities most properly understood as equality, not equity, and celebrate our beautiful and blessed country. I will let freedom ring. You and I have a rendezvous with destiny. We'll preserve for our children this, the last best hope of man on earth, or we'll sentence them to take the last step into a thousand years of darkness. I hope and pray soon-to-be Governor Timothy Ramthun will be taking over Wisconsin, and we could really use some exposure out there to the great patriots out there. Do me a favor, please. Grab that link and say, hey, there's a great patriot running 
uh, in Wisconsin, and we could use your guys' support. Here is the link to that. Do me a favor, spread it far and wide, and get, help me get some exposure for a great patriot here in Wisconsin. Uh, he could really use our help. So got to do what we can. There you go. That's from Timothy Ramthum, soon-to-be governor. I hope Tim-Ramthum.com, uh, the governor of Wisconsin. At least 135 teachers, aides, charged with child sex crimes this year alone. 102 of the cases, or 76%, involved alleged sex crimes against students. <sighs> At least 135 teachers and teachers' aides have been arrested so far this year on child sex-related crimes in the United States, ranging from child pornography to raping students. An analysis conducted by Fox News Digital looked at local news stories week by week, featuring arrests of teachers and teachers' aides on child sex-related crimes in school districts across the country. Arrests that weren't publicized were not counted in the analysis, meaning the true number may be well higher. The analysis found that at least 135 teachers and teachers' aides have been arrested in 41 states between January 1st and May 13th, which works out to about arrest a day on average. The vast majority of the uh, arrested educators were men, only 30 women, 105 men, uh, 76% of them alleged crimes. Teachers arrested for child sex crimes involving in 2022 involved with students. 102 did not involve students were 30 and the unknown assailant, uh, 13, 135 educators included 117 teachers, 11 teachers, aides, and seven substitute teachers. Many of the arrests involved especially heinous allegations. On April 11th, police in California charged Anthony James Phillips, a 61-year-old former teacher at Cupertino Middle School in Sunnyvale, with aggravated sexual assault of a child, forcible penetration with a foreign object, and forcible penetration with a foreign object upon a child. Phillips is accused of raping a student in 2009 when he was a teacher at Cupertino. Uh, Anessa Page Gower, a 35-year-old former biology teacher at Making Waves Academy in Richmond, California, was charged with 29 counts of child molestation in April 8th. Gower is accused of, of, of sexually abusing seven students between 20, 2021 and 2022 when she was teacher at Making Waves, with allegations of includes, including forcible sodomy of minors and sharing sexually graphic photos over online platforms. She'll be back in court on June 2nd. William Landon Smith, 31-year-old former science teacher at Cape Fear High School in Fayetteville, North Carolina, was charged with 27 counts of first-degree sexual exploitation of a minor, 28 counts of indecent liberties with a student, and one count of secretly using or installing a photographic imaging device to arouse or gratify sexual desire on March 18th. Smith is accused of appropriately communicating with students via social media apps like Snapchat, when he was a teacher at Cape Fear. John M. Doty, 35-year-old former biology teacher of Career Academy in South Bend, Indiana, was charged with two counts of rape and one count of attempted rape and six counts of child seduction in Febu on February 9th. He's accused of repeatedly raping a 16-year-old female student and threatening to kill her. He is scheduled to, to stand trial in January of 23. Danielle Fisher, a 29-year-old former substitute teacher in the Roxana and Alton school districts, was charged with criminal sexual assault and aggravated criminal sexual abuse on February 4th. 
She's accused of assaulting two teenage male students at her home in Edwardsville during spring break last year. Madison Grand Jury later uh, added child pornography to the charges. Erica Sanzi, director of Outreach for Parents Defending Education, told Fox News Digital that the issue of the teacher sex crimes against students needs to be more thoroughly examined by the federal government. She cited that the Department of Education's 2004 report, which claimed that nearly 9.6% of students are targets of educator sexual misconduct during their time, during their school career, quote, Educational sexual abuse is a major problem that largely gets ignored because it's so uncomfortable to talk about, Sansy said in a statement. Quote, while a very small fraction of educators and school employees prey on children in their care, one bad actor can do damage to many students. So there you go. Uh, an important news story that's not getting much exposure out there, and that's why we're talking about it more today. Revealed. The public figures attending the 2022 World Economic Forum in Davos. Why does it matter? Well, you guys know why, because this is your who's who of scum around the world. Gina Romano, uh, Secretary of Commerce for the United States of America. John F. Kerry, in his in his traitorous capacity as the climate uh, presidential envoy for climate, will be there. Bill Keating, Congressman in Massachusetts. Dan uh, Danielle Moser, Congressman in Pennsylvania. Madeline Dean. Also a congresswoman from Pennsylvania, Ted Lou, scumbag extraordinaire from California, Ann Wagner, congressman from Missouri, she's a Republican, Christopher Coons from Delaware, Daryl Issa from California, Dean Phillips from Minnesota, Deborah Fisher from Nebraska, Republican, Eric Holcomb, governor of Indiana, Republican, Gregory Meeks, congressman of uh, New York, uh, John Hickenlooper, senator of Colorado, Democrat senator of Colorado, uh, Larry Hogan, the governor of Maryland, Michael McCall, congressman from Texas, Republican, Pat Toomey, uh, Republican, quote unquote, Pennsylvania, Pat Le- Patrick Leahy, of course, from Vermont, uh, Robert Menendez. He's always around the circles of the global scumbags, as well as Roger Wicker from Re- Republican from Mississippi, Seth Moulton, Democrat from Massachusetts, Sheldon Whitehouse from Rhode Island, Ted Dutch from Georgia, uh, from Florida, excuse me. Francis Suarez, the mayor of Miami, Republican mayor, supposedly. And of course, scumbag extraordinaire Al Gore will be there as well. The annual meeting 2022 will embody the World Economic Forum's philosophy of collaborative, multi-stakeholder impact, providing a unique collaborative environment to which to reconnect, share insights, gain fresh perspectives, and build problem-solving communities and initiatives, i.e. find ways to better launder money, explains the group, whose efforts to exploit COVID-19 for its great reset, reset have come under intense scrutiny. Against a backdrop, quote, of deepening global frictions and fractures, it will be the starting point for a new era era of global responsibility and cooperation posits the World Economic Forum, which selected the history at a turning point as its event's primary primary theme. The event focuses on eight key areas, climate and nature, fairer economies, yeah, right, tech and innovation, jobs and skills, better business, health and healthcare, global cooperation, and society and equity. Panel discussions include economic weaponry, uses of effectiveness and effectiveness of sanctions, safeguarding global scientific collaboration, i.e. making sure that we continue to doctor the science, blue foods for a sustainable future, and the journey towards racial equity. Yay! Ukrainian President Vladimir Zelensky, actor extraordinaire, is going to be going to Hollywood. Never mind. We'll also be giving a special welcoming address. On the opening day of the event, the event also counts dozens of corporate and philanthropic partners 
Included is the Alibaba, Alibaba Group, which is a key component of the Chinese Communist Party's social credit score system. Google, Amazon, AstraZeneca, Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, of course, BlackRock, George Soros' Open Societies Foundations, Meta, Johnson & Johnson, Huawei Technologies, Pfizer, and the Wellcome Trust. Read the full list of attendees here. There you go. The World Economic Forum and the globalist scumbags are planning to meet to further their agenda. We'll see what comes from that. That'll be interesting. Coming up to us from uh, CNN, the longtime executive over at CNN has now, don't let the door hit in the ass, CNN Digital World Editor-in-Chief and Senior Vice President Meredith Artley has resigned according to a memo Axios uh, obtained. Artley has worked for 12 years at the outlet. She is CNN's most recent executive to leave after its parent company, Warner Warner's Media, Warner Media's April merger with Discovery. Her departure is part of the exit of the company's senior staff in recent months. I'm proud to have played a role in destroying our, our democracy, she said. Not literally, but close enough. So there you go. A big change over at CNN. Well, I'll wait for it to actually change and for them to be held accountable. So there you go. There's 5,000 troops defending them at Davos. Yeah, I saw that too. Uh, good to see you out there. Don't trend on me. Coming to us from the Epoch Times today, a full list of the members who voted on this $40 billion money laundering effort for Ukraine. I'm sure you guys have seen this out there. Only 11 Republicans voted against this money laundering deal for uh, Ukraine. It's just pathetic, man. I wish I could get a chance to... Is Ron Johnson on here? Ted Cruz voted for it. Um... Yep, Ron Johnson voted for it. Unbelievable, man. The only 11 who voted against the bill, Marsha Blackburn, John Boozman, Mike Braun, a Republican from Indiana, Mike Crapel from Idaho, Haggerty from Tennessee, Josh Hawley from Montana, Mike Lee from Utah, Cynthia Loomis from Wyoming, Roger Marshall from Kansas, Rand Paul from Kentucky, and Tommy Tuberville from uh, uh, Alabama. Uh, so there you go. Scumbags. Unbelievable, man. Another day in the life. You know what I'm saying? You guys remember uh, Austin Steinbart? Everybody that came out there and kept telling us that uh, he he's actually cute. You just don't understand, Abe. <laughs> man. Well, in April 5th of this year, Austin Ryan Steinbart, 30, of Chandler, Arizona, was sentenced today by the United States District Judge Stephen P. Logan to a sentence of time served. At the time of the sentencing, Steinbart has, spent, has served 225 days in prison for, for previously pleading guilty to interstate communications with intent to extort a Class E felony. Between March 21st and March 23rd, 2020, Steinbart made threats to degrade and destroy the operations of a file storage and file sharing company through videos and posts on his YouTube channel after the company suspended his account. Steinbart directed his thousands of YouTube subscribers to flood the company's tech support line with fictitious emails and phone calls in an attempt to hinder the company's ability to operate. There you go. FBI conducted the investigation in Arizona. And uh, good old Steinbart. Uh, I can't remember where somebody was putting that out today. Remember Austin Steinbart? Yeah, there you go. Uh, he's not cute, in case you didn't know. <laughs> oh, man. Let's check in with FCCED today. We might just wrap it up earlier today unless anybody wants to come hang out with us. We'll see what's breaking out there. Former commissioner of the drainage district and wife of convict and, and 
former commissioner of drainage district and wife convicted of fraud in East King County. Um, that was in federal court on Thursday. Former Georgia insurance commissioner indicted on federal health care fraud, money laundering charges. Those are the only two new ones from FCCED today. Let's check in with the Department of Just Us to see if they figured out justice. Mr. Spock, thank you for the cookie, my friend. I appreciate that. Police said North Carolina did an automatic driver's license extension due to COVID, and any that expired since 2020 are still valid. That's great. There goes your voter ID laws. <laughs> uh, we don't care about your speeches, DOJ. Panama intermediaries each sentenced to 36 months in prison for international bribery and money laundering scheme. This just dropping two brothers, each dual citizen of Panama and Italy, were each sentenced to 36 months in prison for laundering $28 million in a bribery and money laundering scheme involving Odebrecht SA, the Brazilian-based global construction conglomerate. The defendants were also ordered to forfeit the $18.8 million and pay a $250,000 fine. Luis Enrique Martinelli Linares, 40, and Ricardo Enrique Martinelli Linares, 42, each pleaded guilty to conspiracy to commit money laundering and admitted to agreeing to, with others to establish offshore bank accounts. The Panama Papers is still ringing its bells out there today. That is pretty interesting for sure. That's the latest release from the Justice Department that just hit uh, about a half hour ago. Justice Department releasing a statement on the ruling of Louisiana versus the CDC. Who cares? Uh, physician assistant convicted of distributing over $1.2 million in opioid pills. Military contractor indicted on $15 million bid rigging scream and conspiracy to defraud the United States. Who is this? Um, according to the indictment, uh, as early as May 2013 to April of 2018, Aaron Stevens, 52, formed agreements with multiple co-conspirators to rig bids and, co and government contracts. As part of the two different schemes, Stevens and his co-conspirators allegedly rigged eight military contracts and received more than $15 million from the government for those contracts. The contracts included work for the Red River Army Depot in Texarkana, Texas, and the U.S. Army Contracting Command in Warren, Michigan, and the Sierra Army, Sierra Army Depot in California. That's another interesting one today for sure. Uh, government contractor agrees to pay $425,000 for alleged false claims related to conflicts of interest. <laughs> it wouldn't be McCabe, is it? Uh, Justice Department releases guide to state voting rules that apply after criminal convictions. Yeah, right. Justice Department files proposed settlement in Chambers County, Alabama school desegregation case. Interesting. EPA reached agreement to potentially part of blah, 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 blah. And a new initiative to address, prevent hate crimes and hate incidents. Uh, can we do that for uh, veterans and patriotic Americans too? Or no? No, we don't do that. No. All right. So there you go. That's pretty much it today. Let's check in on anything breaking out there on this Friday afternoon. Julie Kelly dropping this out there. New while the DOJ seizes attorney-client materials from January 6th detainees in the Gulag, the department is gearing up to retry two defendants in the FBI's Whitner kidnapping hoax after a hung jury. This is a save face prosecution after DOJ's humiliating defeat in court last month. So there you go. That's going to come back into the fold here pretty soon. Brian Cates dropping this on us. Judges use an order to my pillow CEO, Mike Lindell over election lawsuit. That will be interesting to see how that plays itself out. Um, we got that covered. Let's see. The Western Journal op-ed will take a few Senate Democrats to expose the Biden administration as a feeble sham. 
<laughs> I wish. The American Spectator, the House's last pro-life Democrat, is on the ropes. Regardless of whether King of Laredo uh, loses his crown this week, House Democrats are opposed to abortion or a dying breed. Indeed, Seth Keschel has a new substack out there if you want to check that out when you guys get time. Babylon B, what do you guys have? 12 tasks you can accomplish during your husband's lengthy bathroom excursions. <laughs> and a report indicates Noah didn't even want all of the ark animals, but then spent most of the time taking care of them. <laughs> Babylon B, new stuff there. Uh, Canica the Great, bombshell video shows a woman makes four trips to Detroit drop boxes in two days and deposits stacks of ballots, a three-minute video that's probably worth our time. Let's check this one out. Trip 1, October 28th, 2020, 4.35 p.m. in Detroit, Michigan. And one, two, three, how many, how many ballots you got there? Damn. She's got like 20 ballots there. October 28th, 2020. <laughs> Look at that. She just keeps stacking them in there. Wow. 21 minutes later, 5.32 p.m. And why is this video just now coming out? Isn't that interesting that this is just now coming out? It's almost like it's purposeful and looks like a different lady with another stack of ballots. One, two, three, four, five, about another 20 ballots. Okay. So she drops all those in there and then the red scout pickup truck, the passenger appears to use two cell phones to record the uh, excursion to the Dropbox. This is like you got to get paid for this stuff. So there is the red truck pulling up there. And uh, see the cell phone camera pictures there. And boom, 1.33 p.m. Another group of ballots dropped in. Nothing to see here, folks. Nothing. Don't, don't watch 2,000 Mules this weekend. There's really nothing to see there on that front. Canica the Great and the Gateway Pundit. Four trips to drop boxes in two days. Let's see. Um, body cam video shows Ohio cops engaging in a low-speed chase of a horse. Okay. Syrian migrant accused of raping Ukrainian refugees. Nice. Uh, Mesquite uh, Fire Department raves on the way to an emergency. And let's see. There's Patel Patriot with that latest drop there, too, as well. All right, so there you go. That's where you have, um, there's the summary from today. I don't see anything new dropping out there. About seven minutes left in the show here today, guys. Z Patriot saying uh, ACLJ, ACLJ announced a new program to help states. ACLJ action, interesting. Driven to highlight local reps for running for office. Hmm. Interesting, man. Let's do a, let's do a quick dive on it right now and see what we can find. I mean, it is a chill Friday anyway, and you guys are here hanging out anyway. Thanks for being here today, guys. Jolene, you have a wonderful evening as well. American Center for Law and Justice. Oh, yeah, I know these guys. Yeah. Here in Wisconsin, they're doing great work, too. Jordan Seculo's, uh, the Seculo's group. Indeed, they do great work for sure, man. Good stuff. All right, guys. It's Friday. 
and my wife's home from work, and I think it's either time to go out for dinner or probably stay in for dinner since we're so friggin' broke. But hey, it's time for me to go chill and you guys to go chill as well. I got some work to go to get done on here in the office here and uh, on the show this weekend. So I'm looking forward to that. Thanks guys for hanging out today. As always, I hope you enjoyed the show and going through the Durham stuff that dropped today. All the lurkers out there. Thanks for hanging out. Elder the Hun. How come they never catch Killary from money laundering? That's a good question. <laughs> She's very, she has very good fixers. That's, that's how. Dunha, thanks for listening while you work. And OG Mary, you have a great weekend as well. Mr. Spock, we be chilled indeed. Sea Dragon, our parole officers require us to watch the show. <laughs> uh, thanks for hanging out today, guys. 1,868 gold pills today. I'll go ahead and release those. Doug is my Patriot Tessa, Glenn, Trick Pony, Sean Joe, Nikki DeSantos. Glenn, thank you, brother. Happy Friday to you as well. And Mr. Spock, the scratching has been released. Thanks for hanging out today. Don't forget, quite frankly, is live right now. And a lot of other great patriots are out there live right now as well. Let's uh, see if we can rate anybody with Twitch. And uh, not a whole lot really going on out there on Twitch today. So I'll let you guys go hang out with uh, Dwayne after he starts his show in about uh, five minutes or so. So thanks for hanging out today, guys. I appreciate you guys very much. I hope you guys have a great weekend. It's always a lot of fun hanging out with you guys. I look forward to next week where we get more Sussman news about three more days of the trial three or four more days of the trial left next week so looking forward to that and with that i want to say much love and god bless you all thanks for hanging out today as you do every day hope we all have a blessed weekend much love treat the word impossible as nothing more than motivation relish the opportunity to be an outsider Embrace that label. Being an outsider is fine. Embrace the label. Because it's the outsiders who change the world and who make a real and lasting difference.